This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. I think sometimes we live in the shallow waters of life. Our life is this shallow. We're just living for money. We're living to be comfortable. But there's so much more to life than being comfortable. His life and his actions are like a cup of cold water being splashed over my face. It, it's a wake-up call to what life is really about. And it's not about me and it's not about you. If you read Todd's story, you will discover that he was a promising collegiate baseball and basketball player. He had graduated from Wheaton College and he had earned his master's in business administration. He began his career as a computer software uh, sales rep and quickly received a promotion to account manager. But we are not here today talking about Todd Beamer because he was a smart guy and a go-getter. We are not inspired by his life because he was a star athlete in two sports. No, we are talking about Todd Beamer because he was willing to sacrifice his life for the sake of others. Let's be clear, Todd did not wake up on September 11, 2001 and begin to read a book on becoming a hero. He didn't have this idea in his mind that, man, I think my life is virtually unknown to most Americans. How can I change that fact? He was not planning on being a hero of 9-11. But Todd Beamer worked a second job while he went through his master's program. Later, when Todd married his wife, they both taught Sunday school for six years. And together they served in their youth ministry. Todd Beamer was somebody who thought of others better than himself. He was willing to work to make others better. He was more concerned about others than himself. So on 9-11, when the terrorists took control of his plane, he was ready to serve again. I could tell you that Todd Beamer's life was significant before he ever boarded Flight 93. And his life was significant because he was living out this morning's title to this message, you matter to me. It's a simple phrase, but it carries at times a serious and difficult challenge. Now it's simple because the word me represents the person you see in the mirror every day. So say this with me, I am me. me. All right, that's clear. Now we can go on to the next part. The word you, that carries a more serious challenge. That word means every person on this planet, no exceptions. I think we can agree that doctors matter, teachers matter. I think the baker who invented sliced bread matters. Anybody who's had a positive impact on my life, they matter, right? Right. But God does not want us to pick and choose who matters to you. He wants you to say that every you matters. Every person is deserving of my time and energy. So God, would you use me to bless everyone that you bring into my life? This morning, I'm going to make it really simple. I want us just to focus on the people that we come to church with, just the people right here in this room. I want us to focus on them. Now, what's true for me must be true for you. You do not know every person by name in this room. But that shouldn't matter to you. What needs to happen is that every person in this room needs to matter to you. Todd Beamer cared so much about other people He didn't need to meet somebody to make a sacrifice for them. That is the spirit of Christ that was in him, and that's the spirit that should be alive in us today. 
I want to read a few verses from Philippians chapter 2. We know that Paul was a hero of faith. We're not here this morning so that we can become a hero. We're here today so that, God, you can use my life to be a blessing to other people. It's not about everybody knowing our name. It is about serving God and his people and letting God take care of the results. Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. You have them in your notes. If you have your notes, you can pull those out or, or it'll be in the screen behind me. Paul says, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Those verses and Todd Beamer's story caused me to look at this issue of significance in our church. I believe you are here today because you have the same goal. You have the same concern. I don't believe you just want to live on an island and eat crab every day. I think you want to have an impact on people's lives and specifically on the lives of the people around you. It's about making everybody matter in your life. And so I just want to challenge you with some thoughts this morning. Let me give you the first simple thought to have. Selfishness will keep you from being significant to others. Selfishness will keep you from being significant to others. We are all born selfish. And now I know this firsthand because I had a baby. Me and my wife had a baby 21 months ago. When Alexandra was born, I thought she was going to break the trend. I thought, I said, Tara, this is going to be the first selfless baby ever born on this planet. Because I'll, let me tell you the story. I'll never, I'll never forget it. I remember it was a Tuesday morning and Tara woke me up at 6 a.m. And, and had that, uh-oh, and then my water broke. The bad part about that was she, we were still in bed. So that meant the water was in the bed. <laughs> so before we left for the hospital, we had to wash the sheets. We have cleaning issues. Yes, we do. <laughs> I wasn't a clean guy before I met Tara, and now I think I'm worse than she is. So after we washed the sheets, really we did, we drive to the hospital. And we're sitting in what I would call like a screening room. And so we're sitting there, and Tara's having no contractions. So we're thinking, okay, uh, let's start talking about our day because we're probably going to come back later. And so we're thinking, well, I think I can still make it to the staff meeting. Maybe you shouldn't go to the staff meeting, but let's start... Uh, Maybe you could just sit at home and, and rest and relax. So when the nurse came back in the room, I said to her, so when are we leaving? And she looked at us like, this must be your first child because <laughs> you are not leaving the hospital now. Fast forward 10 hours from that point, and at 6 p.m., Alexandra made her first public appearance. And I'll never forget that moment. She, just, she was just looking around, just staring at the room, seeing what was going on. And I'm looking at her. She wasn't fussing. She wasn't crying. And I'm thinking, this baby is so not selfish. She is going to be the first selfless baby ever born. Fast forward 21 months later, <laughs> Alexandra did not break the trend. She is selfish. Just like me and just like you and every other baby that is born into this world. The human race is selfish. 
And if we do not work at removing this selfish problem, then we will lose the ability to be significant in other people's lives. The good news is is that we can turn our selfish, sinful nature over to God, and he will give us his life-giving spirit. His life-giving nature can be alive inside of us. That spirit that was on the cross that said, Father, forgive them, because they do not know what they are doing. They didn't deserve forgiveness, but Jesus knew they needed forgiveness. That's the life-giving spirit that's inside of us. That's the spirit that brings change to our society. That's the spirit that makes a difference in our world. That's a spirit that can live inside of you. Timothy allowed the power of God to be at work in his life. He made a decision to surrender his entire life to Jesus Christ. And in turn, Timothy became very significant to the Apostle Paul. Paul said that he had no one else like him. He went on to say that mostly and everybody, they just care for themselves. They're not thinking about what other people need. I don't mean to be overdramatic here, but let me just tell you, quit worrying about the Zika virus. Quit worrying about the stock market crashing. Don't worry anymore about the fault lines here in Utah. There is a more deadly issue in this world, and it lies within us. Our schools, our communities, our country, our world is trying to fight hundreds of issues at one time. I can give us one issue that will take care of all of those if we will just fix it. We need to remove every sign of selfishness from our life, every sign of selfishness. There's no room, there's no time for selfishness to be a part of our life. We need to say, God, help us to set aside this drive to fulfill our personal needs and help us to put more attention on what other people need. If we were to live this way, peace would automatically come to this entire world. It would if everybody would think that way. Anyone can succeed at at achieving their personal goals. Anybody can sit down and say, what do I need to change in my life? What do I need to fix in my life? What do I need to, to accomplish? How can I succeed for myself? Not many people are thinking, what can I do to help other people? What can I do to help other people succeed? What can I do and what, what area of people's lives do they need help most? I want to tackle those areas. There's much to review in this process, but let me give you where I believe it starts. It starts with your thoughts. It starts right here and what you're thinking about right now. What are you thinking? Most of us are not thinking about how not to be selfish. You know, I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about what I need to do, what I need to accomplish, what I need to to do in my day. I'm looking at my phone. I can even look at my watch now and see the, the appointments that I have. I'm thinking about those things. That's how the rest of us function in life. Let me give you this thought. Start thinking about how to be selfless. It's a simple thought, but one that most of us are not doing. We're not thinking about how to be selfless. You have to think about it. There's probably 1% of you that you're, you're naturally a giving person. You don't have to think about it. It's your second nature already. The rest of us, we've got to think about it. We've got to think about being a help to other people. Now, trust me, this is not fun. And at first, it's, it's difficult until you start seeing how people respond to your care and love. We must remember that our default is selfishness, so we must work at changing our default to consider other people first. 
Now, this point about thinking about being selfless is a matter of being intentional. Now, I'm going to give you a few examples of being intentional, and then you can say, God, help me to be intentional about thinking uh, of, of being selfless in every other area of my life. The moment you walk into the next room where there's people, so that might be your home, maybe a restaurant or a store or even school tomorrow, the next time you enter that room, think about this and say to yourself, before I do what I want to do, what do the other people in this room need? That is called being intentional. You are not waiting for something to happen. You are making something good happen. And those people are not doing that. I'm asking God to help us all to be those type of people. In the past, when we would walk into a restaurant and you're waiting in line and yet there's four open tables, what starts happening in your mind? You're not thinking of how to help the waitress. You're not thinking of how to help the hostess. You're thinking, why aren't they working harder to get me to my table? I am hungry. I haven't had a decent meal for days, it seems like, for weeks, maybe. And now they're just, they're just standing there. They're looking at a computer screen. We're just thinking of all sorts of mean things. But now that's going to change. When that happens to you, you're going to start thinking, you know what? They must be having a bad day. They must be frustrated. How can I help them to have a better day, not a worse day? Or how about when you go to Walmart and you go to the 20-item or less line, and the person in front of you, you know there are more than 20 items in that basket, and you start counting each of those items. Am I the only one that has done that? And you're thinking to yourself, really? Seriously? You've got 28 items, maybe 21, I'd be merciful. 22, okay, gracious, but 28? And what are you doing? You're looking at them. You are staring at them, and they can feel that weight of that stare. No more, friends. We're going to put that selfishness aside, and sincerely and seriously, we're going to start thinking, you know what? Maybe they're, they're busy. Maybe this is a single mom. And her kids are at home. And this is her only moment to get all that she needs to get in her basket. And you're going to start thinking, you know what? What can I do to help them? You might look at them and you say, you know what? I can see you got 28 items in your basket. <laughs> but you look like you forgot something. How about I watch your 28 items while you go get that? I guarantee you, you'll make somebody's day. You're going to help them out. You're going to become significant to somebody's life. That's the difference this world needs. We need to be that type of person. How about when you come home after a long, hard day of working, of solving issues? You've solved all of your company's problems. You've done it with the last ounce of energy. So now when you come into your home, what are you expecting? You're expecting people to answer your problems, to deal with your issues. Your feet are killing you. It's time for somebody to rub those feet. No more, my friend. We're getting rid of that attitude. <laughs> We're getting rid of that attitude that says, I'm first. I deserve it. I'm entitled to this. We're getting rid of that entitlement spirit. We're getting rid of that selfish spirit. We're going to start walking into our homes. I know I've worked hard that day, all day long, but I'm ready to work even harder for the people I love. That will change the atmosphere in your home. That will get you what you really want. That's going to get you a back rub, guarantee. It just takes a minute of your time. It just takes a second. And instead of saying what you need first, you just say what do they need first. 
And I guarantee you, you'll get what you want as well. When you start thinking about being selfless, if your first thought is, not me, it's about others, it will eventually become second nature. And you will be a person, you'll be like that 1%. You'll be the top of the class. You'll start thinking about this. You, you won't have to think, I should say it this way, you, you won't have to think about it anymore. It'll just be who you are. You'll be a giving person, a loving person. You'll be an empathetic person. You'll be a person that can think of others. I've met these people before, and sad to say I don't meet them a lot. But I've met them before, and they've become significant to me. I met one of those people in 2004. I brought up with me a pack of unused batteries that stays on my, on my office shelf. Now, if you've been in a workers' meeting, I've shared this meeting before at the workers' meeting, which is tonight at 5. But I've shared this story before. Let me tell you why I have a box of, of used batteries on my shelf. In 2004, we went on a pastor's conference to Joel Osteen's church in Houston, Texas. At that point, they were in the arena where the Houston Rockets basketball team used to play their game. And so this is a large building. So I had my camera with me. And back in those days, you didn't, I didn't have the nice phone to take pictures, so I had a camera with batteries. And of course, I'm ready to start taking pictures. My batteries go dead. So I got in their elevator to go up to their, uh, to their uh, bookstore and I just so happened to run into their administrative pastor. Now, I knew he was busy. It was just a big building. It was a big conference. But I was just going to ask him a simple question. I just said to him, I said, do you know if there's batteries in your bookstore? And he said, no, there's not. But I'd be willing to go back to my office to bring you a pack. And he did. And I used those batteries, but I've kept them because he became significant to me. He took time out of his busy schedule to do something so small and so ins insignificant to him, but was tremendously significant to me. It doesn't take much to be significant in someone's life, but it does take a selfless spirit to accomplish the task. Most nice people would say, you know what, I'm so sorry. No, we don't, we don't have batteries for you. I hope you can find some. That's what most people will do. But significant people, when they have 10,000 things to do, they drop them all to help somebody else solve their issue first. I want to be a significant person. I want to be somebody that impacts somebody's life. I don't remember his name, and it doesn't matter if people remember my name. What, rem what matters to me is that they remember how I impacted their life, how God can use me to be a blessing to somebody else. I hope that's why you wake up in the morning. I hope that's why you're breathing oxygen in and out and you're letting all of the, the bad stuff come out. I hope that's why you're alive today, to be significant in other people's life. Let's go. I want to go back to Philippians chapter 2 and just read uh, two more verses to you. I'm going to read verse 25 and then skip down to verse 30. That's how it appears in, in your notes. Paul says, Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother co-worker and fellow soldier for he risked his life for the work of Christ and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away now Epaphroditus is not a name I don't think we would give our children but I hope Epaphroditus is somebody you want your children to become I know I want Alexander to be an Epaphroditus to somebody I want to be an Epaphroditus to people. 
You know, we can talk all year about Paul and his writings, but if, if it wasn't for Epaphroditus, we may only be talking about Paul for a few days. God used him to build the church, and I want God to use you in the same way. This is how God can use you to build this church, just like Epaphroditus. Doing what others cannot do is significant. Doing what others cannot do is significant. Paul said that Epaphroditus was risking his life by doing what others could not do, but was very much needed. When you start thinking about how to be selfless, I told you and encourage you, it's going to become second nature. But something else is going to happen. You're going to gain this gift. You're going to develop this gift of discernment. And it's a discernment that says something is not happening over there that should happen. And I'm going to do something about it. It's a discerning spirit that comes upon you. It's powerful. It's what changes lives. It's what changes this world. It's what causes people to want to be around you. You're somebody that sees something that's not happening, and you start doing it. That's the type of, that's the type of person I want to follow. I'll follow you if you're that type of person. I don't care if I'm a pastor or not a pastor. I want to follow those people. I want to be around those type of people that sees the need and is willing to fill it. I'll never forget the... There's an, I'll give you another story that impacted me many, many, many years ago when I was in junior high. My home church that I grew up in, my dad was an associate pastor at, that was 40 minutes away from my hometown. It didn't have a youth group. It was a small church. So when I became a teenager, I decided to try the youth group in our hometown. And I'll never forget my first night there. I didn't know anybody in that church. And I remember just kind of leaning on the back wall, looking at everybody, talking to and having a good time. And it looked like it was going to be a fun youth group from a distance, but nobody was talking to me until one kid named Ben came over and talked with me. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember the conversation. I'll never forget him uh, because he became a friend of mine. But I'll never forget how I felt. I felt like I was, I was important enough for Ben to leave his friends to come over and talk to me. That impacted my life. That's significant because that was many, many, many years ago, and I still remember his name, and I still remember how I felt. That's being significant. That's doing something. He, he, he had that discernment. He, he saw me all by myself, and he had the selfless attitude to say, you know what? This conversation I can have with my friends every week. There's a kid who doesn't have anybody talking to them. I'm going to go change that. That's being Epaphroditus. That's being significant. I want to be that type of person. I want to wake up in the morning saying, God, help me to see that. Help me to see what's not happening that should be happening and help me to address those problems. Ben and that pastor who brought me these batteries are significant in my life because they did something I needed that nobody else was. You can be that person in this church. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.